Mr. Luke Clayton, you, like me, are always looking for different things to uh, kind of get into and explore and learn a little bit more about, particularly when it comes to anything having to do with, with wildlife, with hunting and fishing. And, you know, food plot time is coming up in the springtime, but, you know, we will be uh, looking a little bit more to the fall as well, too, because uh, a lot of these places have already we've planted our food plots for the spring. You've been looking at some different plants that uh, kind of slipped under the radar for a while, so... Uh, tell me a little bit about the research that you've been doing lately. Okay, Larry, you know, uh, for sure. Yeah, one of them is, as you and I both have done a little, little research on and checking on, has potential to be an awesome supplemental crop for deer. Uh, it, it's called Jerusalem artichoke. Now, it's mis- definitely misnamed because it has nothing to do with an artichoke. Uh, sun choke. If you go to, uh, if our friends go to YouTube and seek out Arti- uh, Jerusalem artichoke or just go to sun choke, you can learn a whole bunch about it. But it's a highly nutritious plant, Larry, that's good for deer and people. I have a, I've, I've actually fortunate to be live pretty close to a farm, Calhoun Farms, that, uh, that grow this for plants, for people to plant for food plots and for their own food. Um, this this Jerusalem artichoke is actually, Larry, uh, a tuber. It grows in the ground, and uh, it's very, very hardy, drought tolerant. I think it'll grow just about anywhere. It's, uh, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're, I know for a fact that they grow them all through the Midwest and down into Texas, but uh, what they have not been used for to date that I know about is a deer uh, for food plot for deer and you've done some research and I've read a little bit of course you're a biologist and you look at things from that angle that perspective but uh, they're loaded with nutrition now my friends that own the Calhoun farms and I'm going to leave a contact for people that really want to learn yeah. more about this uh, an email where they can communicate with these this farm but uh, they eat them and, and, and you there are select stores maybe Asian markets or whatever there are places where you can buy them at, at a grocery store. But the tubers taste somewhat like potatoes. My friends tell me they are way, way better than potatoes. And I know for a fact that the deer, uh, you know, they wear the the plant grows up. I've read it can grow up to 10 feet tall, but a 6-foot plant is probably more normal. But the deer love the vegetation above ground. And I've I've read that once they under they sniff out the, the tubers, that humans eat also. They 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 paw them up and they'll they'll eat them too, Larry. You know. Well, one of the beauties of this thing is it is a native plant. It's native to the southeastern U.S. primarily, but uh, and I think it's kind of slipped under the, the the radar as I mentioned earlier because it does produce a tuber. It is it is in the sunflower family. So as you mentioned, it has nothing to do with artichokes or anything else. But, uh, the fact that it is a sunflower produces a really nice, fair size bloom, so that the the seeds can be utilized by by the uh, seed eating birds, if you will. The, the forage can be utilized by the the deer, and then of course also the tubers that are down there, and that uh, and you kind of can plant them like potatoes, and they grow, they reproduce in the wild quite rapidly, if you will, and can cover an area. So the to me, it's it's one of those things that oh my gosh, all of a sudden now, you, if you got a food plot or you got a little area that you can plant, you can 
plant this particular plant and and uh, do good for deer, do good for birds. They're pretty to look at, and they're good to eat as well, too. So that's a pretty good combination when you get right down to it when it comes to planting a food plot or doing anything for wildlife while at the same time doing something really good for, for people as well, too. That's true, Larry. Uh, our friend Jeff Rice, we're, we hunt with Jeff quite often, and another friend that I've got that lives close to me, we're going to plant these uh, this fall. They you, they could be planted. I've actually planted some recently in early summer here on, on my where I live, but, and that's okay, but the thing about it is they're, they're in the growing stage, and the tubers are not big, but once they mature in the fall, that's when this Calhoun Farms ships them out. They take pre-orders for this. Uh, they ship them out in a manila envelope, and, and you know, you could take four or five tubers and, and plant a bunch. You cut the eyes out of them, they tell me, you know. Um, the, the ones I just planted, I just planted, they, we dug them up, or they dug them up, and I just dug a hole and put them right in there, so there's a bunch of tubers I think probably will just keep on growing. But how about this, Larry? Say you're uh, say you're in the in, in wintertime, fall, and you're at the hunting camp. You've got some of these things growing. Well, you want to cook you some uh, fried potatoes. You don't need potatoes. I'm told these things are more tasty than potatoes. And uh, you just dig you some up, wash them off real good. You don't even have to peel them. Just clean them, you know, clean all the dirt off of them and slice them. Put them in the skillet with some onions and that's the, and and take them away from the deer. Go ahead and just <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, yeah. it, it's my understanding too is once the, once the deer finally figures out what they are, and in some of these areas, you know, we've had all kinds of fantastic food plot plants that we've planted yep. in areas that are where the deer were not familiar with them, so mm-hmm. or with that particular plant, and sometimes it'll take a year or so yeah. for a deer to become familiar with whatever it was kind of like some of the the radishes and all those mm-hmm. things that we, when we first started planting those for deer it took a while deer kind of even avoided those areas for a little while but at the same time once that got established and the deer figured out there was something there that was really good to eat those became great attractants and the beauty of this is as we mentioned it's a it's a native plant now in some areas they were considered kind of a noxious plant because it does reproduce quite rapidly, and it'll kind of take over a little bit of an area. But, you know, that's really kind of something you're looking for yeah. when, you, when you're talking about wildlife because not only with the height, you're providing there, you're providing cover, you know, good ground cover. You're providing forage. You're providing uh, a flower that's good for the pollinators, and you've got producing a flower that's producing a seed that, that wildlife can eat. So, as I mentioned earlier, that's, that's a heck of a good deal to and people need to try things. You can always, if you don't like it, you could always go out, and, I guess, and, and poison it if you wanted to use an herbicide. But i got a feeling for the most part that once people get these things established, they'll go, whoop, I wish we'd had these a long time earlier. Exactly. And, you know, you brought up a good point, Larry, because hopefully, I mean, you would really, in a, in a perfect world, you would hope those deer would not be grazing on them the first year. But they probably, from all I've ter- heard that there's something in a sweet, I don't know, in the leaves that, that, that attracts the deer. But uh, if they would lay off of them and let them get started good, that would be, you know, that would be helpful too. But, yeah, that's just something, uh, uh, the fact that they're so good eating. And, and I've gardened all my life. I like the idea. I've got them planted right now out in my garden. And uh, I used to grow, we have sandy loam where I live. 
And I used to grow, uh, you know, uh, Irish potatoes, uh, and right. it grows great Irish potatoes out here. But that's a lot of work. I'm telling you, takes me away <laughs> from my radio and writing and hunting and fishing. <laughs> so, so I like the idea of plant them and let them spread, and then dig them up in the fall. Uh, I'll give the for people that want to know more about this. YouTube is a great source. Sunchokes, the email address of Calhoun Farms. Uh, her name is Sharon Kilpatrick, and she will get back with you. And she she grows these things and and and, and packages them, and they market them. But uh, s Kilpatrick at yahoo.com, s k i l p a t r i c k, s Kilpatrick at yahoo.com. She said, "Yeah, just tell the folks to we ship out these uh, these plants. The uh, sunchoke uh, starts in the fall." That gives a plant, I guess, the tubers a chance to mature, and then it's more plants to, you know, they'll start more of an area. But they have, they eat these a lot, and, and, and they are flavorful. I bought some uh, that were ready and cooked them, and they are excellent eating, better than potatoes, I think. Larry, another plant uh, is the, uh, that they also have available right now is one that you, as a boy, your folks grew uh egyptian walking onions right you're right i didn't know that's what they were called they were, they, they yeah. were just <laughs> onions that my grandparents planted up both of mom, mom mom and dad my dad and mom and dad and uh they would plant them and you're right they kind of reproduce they kind of walk themselves along because they produce what essentially is a little onion plant at the very top of the uh the stems that they have that falls over and creates another onion and then that grows up and creates another onion kind of thing and, and you know you'll have several stems coming up with uh with uh, those little onions look almost like uh, oh like small oh probably garlic cloves is probably mm-hmm. as good a description of anything and then it produces uh the, the, you and i have been talking earlier before we kind of started talking for the podcast it, it doesn't produce much of a big round onion it produces more of what people would consider a leek you know l-e-e-k but it, it is absolutely delicious and actually that to me those those were onions we had the other onions as well too with the great big you know bulbs on yep. and all that but yep. we had a fair amount of those and, and to me from what i can remember it they were extremely tasty, a little bit stronger, maybe. Yeah, than they are. The sweet onions like a Valdea, Valdosta mm-hmm. or Valdela or whatever they call those. Yeah. <laughs> from Georgia, kind of. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, absolutely fantastic to cook with in terms of flavoring, you know, whatever you're cooking. Larry, I did a, you know, I do a newspaper article for a, a, a bunch of Texas newspapers, mostly all in Texas, but I did, I took, I, I thought I would uh, write one on, on, on outdoor cooking, and I took a venison steak, uh, actually a couple of venison back straps, and I butterflied them. Right. And I seasoned them up and, and put them in the refrigerator for about three or four days just to let them kind of take those seasonings. And I, I put a, a cast iron skillet with some butter in it. And I tell you, I use some of these onion, the tops. Now, uh, I, when I was at Calhoun Farms out there, there some of these top, on, the onions that grew on top of the ground were a, almost not quite as big as a, as a golf ball, but about two-thirds that big. I took some of those and chopped them up and put them in, that, uh, in there with those venison steaks and cooked them, and they caramelized. And you're talking about 
really something to cook with. And I'm told that they, they're really good. I can see how they would be good to use for beans or stews or, or whatever. But there's another plant that you put out at your hunting camp or your deer lease, these, these onions, along with, <laughs> along with your sunchokes. Man, I mean, you've got your your potatoes and onions, let's say, ready, ready to go when you get out there, right? <laughs> Absolutely, that that's a really good combination, and we like we're going to go back to the the, the sun for just a little bit. Uh-huh. To me, there's an ideal place to do it is like at a camp, but I've got some that I'm I'm going to plant some rather mm-hmm. in a in a container in my backyard, kind of above uh, ground garden kind of thing, and. To me, the, they reproduce quite rapidly, so my intentions are is so I'm going to set up a couple of three pots of those, and then from there I will then transfer to different spots on the pro- my property, and I'm going to try them on a bunch of other different places yes. as well, too, with different soil types. And, you know, we'll try to here maybe in about six, eight months or even a year, we'll come back and say, hey, remember we talked about the the, the uh the Egyptian art, or whatever the artichokes, the Jerusalem artichokes that yep. people call, and, and uh, let you know kind of like how what we kind of success we've had with them. Give them the rest of the story. You bet. You Give bet. them the rest of the story. Is right. <laughs> well, Larry, that we we got a little. I don't say off track. We talked about all kinds of stuff on our little well, podcast here, but uh, it's it's. I think it's things that most people that like us would be interested in. I really do these plants. You know. Well, that, that's all part of the outdoor lifestyle as far as I'm concerned of trying different things to to really make things better for wildlife out there. But there's nothing wrong about making things better for wildlife and at the same time, you know, maybe planting something that's worthwhile eating for us as well, too. That's right. I, I, have, I don't have a feeling. I'm sure we're going to be in <clears throat> this fall, we're going to be enjoying some good meals of this uh, fried with the onions at, at at hunting camps it's going to happen <laughs> i cannot wait <laughs> larry uh let, I, I know there's someone out there what what was that that uh uh email s kilpatrick folks s kilpatrick, s. kilpatrick at yahoo.com that's it larry well hope everyone has a good week i hope you do larry and you and i i guess uh this time next week we're going to get back together and visit with our friends again right yes we will